0: Welcome to Talking About Glaucoma, episode number 33, for December 31st, 2020. I bet you're glad this year is over. I'm still digging through the vaults to post episodes like this gem, and have a few more that will go live soon. Email me at podcast if you would like to be on the show to discuss a topic in glaucoma, or if you have questions that you would like to have answered on a future episode. Check out West Coast Glaucoma on Instagram for some short-form videos that can also be found on my Rob Scherzer YouTube channel. In this episode, I talked with Gus Demores, a frequent guest of the pod. Gus is Associate Professor of Ophthalmology at Columbia University, where he serves as Medical Director of Clinical Trials. When we originally sat down to record this way back in March 2019, he had just presented some of the work he had done in collaboration with Don Hood. This has now appeared on Humphrey Perimeters as the 24-2C testing strategy and is becoming a new standard of care. It is based on reports in recent years that glaucoma damage often occurs in the macular area, but missed because the standard 24-2 testing strategy only tests in 6-degree increments. These early central glaucomatous defects are often hidden between the test points. Listen in as I talk with Gus. I'm Rob Schertzer, a Vancouver, Canada-based glaucoma specialist, podcaster, and health IT expert, and we're talking about glaucoma. Gus Welcome back to the show. Thank you. So I'd like to talk today about um, testing both using 24-2 and 10-2 tests, which is... I guess you could kind of say it's the gold standard if, if you were able to do those on your patients all the time, you'd get the most useful uh information. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe we could talk a bit about that and then the new uh testing strategy that's that's being released now, the 24-2 C. Yes,
1: uh there's a a long literature uh Going back actually 1969 from Steven Drance, but more recently revisited, thanks to OCT that shows that the 24-2 is going to miss a lot of macular damage because it, it has a poor sampling of the macular region. We have uh, maybe four, maybe 12, if you extend a little bit the edges of it, uh, of points that are actually testing the central 10 degrees of the field, which corresponds to where
0: most of our ganglion cells are. Right, because the points are six degrees apart. Yes, the, the spacing
1: government. is six degrees and there are not as many points. So there's a big chance, for example, of having an arcuate effect that just goes between those points. And this is also has been long known because we, we tend to do 10 days choosing patients with advanced glaucoma because we know that from that point on, you have more points in the central field to be fo- to, to follow those patients, so it's the same principle now. But we know that that can also happen in the earlier stages. Right. And adding a 10-2, of course, now you go from a space of six degrees to two degrees, and instead of four or twelve points, you go to 68 points. So you have a much better spatial uh, representation of of the function of the macula. Uh, the issue, however, is one. Uh, we can't perform both tests on all patients in every visit. It's burdensome. Patients don't like to do visual fields. We also don't get reimbursed for for doing that. And even if we could, in theory, alternate these tests, saying that you do one test, the first visit, the second you go to the 10-2, and so on, you can imagine that you're going to take longer to detect progression on any of them individually. Right. While the current recommendations are talking about the importance of frequency of testing to detect progression this would go against it by delaying even more
0: our time to detect progression. Right I guess the classic sort of statistics are if you tested a patient every six months it would take about four years to notice a change. Right, now if- depending on yeah, depending on your is the rate of progression and your variability can vary a lot again and,
1: and but again an alternating is just going to make time to detection uh, even farther from right uh, so one of the ways to address it is to okay let's make some adjustments to the 24-2 visual field add more points in the central area where it's doing uh, where it's missing damage
0: right
1: and then we can overcome uh, many of these points i just i just brought up and that's what the 24-2c which is now being released by Carl Zeiss uh, aims to do and based on our work and the work of many others uh, they selected uh, 10 points from the 10-2 that were most commonly affected in glaucoma and added those same locations to the 24-2 but at the same time it kept all the other 54 points of the 24-2 constant which has this right. advantage because if you are if you switch to a different pattern, suppose you've been following your patients for two, three years between four days two, you don't want to lose that data once you start doing a different type of test. So it exactly. allows you to still keep those same points to learn, for example, GPA. And in my talk, I showed some examples that you can, you know, in your more recent visit, you can look at those additional points, but still look at the
0: event analysis in the remaining points. Right, so that's pretty key, so you're still have those stats from all the previous tests they've done. Right. Because I know that some people uh, do CETA fast alternating with CETA standard testing, and the analysis is missing because it doesn't include the points from the different types of tests. Correct. This will carry those forward.
1: Yes. Uh, There's also another uh, uh, upgrading software. They now have the so-called CETA faster. Right. So as you can imagine, it's even faster than the previous version. And uh, they have some preliminary work showing that it's pretty comparable with the standard in terms of variability. So they have been uh, uh, now showing in their GPA uh, the analysis using the, both, those, both strategies. Right. Now, of course, we need more research on that to better understand. But at least in terms of the locations, again, do have the same of the other ones? You just add these new points to improve your your sampling of the
0: macular region. Yeah, that's great. And I guess a lot of this has to do, if we go to the structure and function correlation, there's, you know, it's become obvious now that we need to be testing the macular uh, OCT for patients too. So if we could just talk briefly how that correlates with these 10-2 points Mm -hmm. and mapping the two together, like some of the work with Don Hood. Uh, In fact, Don
1: yesterday presented some Uh, recent data uh, from using our database not yet including the 24-2 but showing how this concept that structure precedes function or that structure and function don't always agree it's just a matter of how you define each of them of course and one of the points he makes is if you're just using your traditional quad quadrants of the OCT and your traditional 24-2 MD or some type of hemifield analysis uh, it's, it's indeed going to be like that. You're going to be seeing a lot more structure in the beginning. It's not a good agreement. But if you now add macular CT scans, which right. is, again, that's not like adding a 10 2 because it takes just another minute of your test. By doing that, and if you can do a 10 2, the agreement gets a lot better. Uh, in part for the reasons I explained in terms of where most of your ganglion cells are, how many points are being tested in that location. So we can see now uh, a much better structure-function relationship once you incorporate macler scans, mainly the RGC analysis, and uh, the 10-2. Uh, in fact, one of the things he, he showed uh, is that uh, you start seeing a lot of cases that the functions preceding structure, right. which is not unusual. We see that in practice. And uh, it all depends on how, how granular, how closely you look at the the scans, you may be seeing a lot of cases that it's
0: actually in agreement. Right. So now that we're getting our tests better, both of structure and function, we're able to see them coincide. Of course, we still need to look now with this new pattern,
1: how it works. Uh, It is still not a 10-2, but assuming that you're really catching those most important points in the macular, you could, in theory, start seeing better correlation yeah. and This, of course has implications for early detection which is what one of the key reasons we've been doing that but also for progression you may if you're missing progression in the, in the macula even with the 24-2 Felipe Medeiros showed a few years ago that the progression in the four central points of the 24-2 has the biggest impact on quality of life So this has implications
0: not only for detection, but also for progression and preserving vision-related quality of life. Right. I guess that sort of brings back to something Mark Lieberman brought up the other day when that was mentioned. If you're doing a 24-2 on a patient and there's some change in one of those central four points, Mm -hmm. the 24-2, do a 10-2 right away. Right. For those who still don't have this new strategy, and whenever they ask
1: us, so when should I be doing? Of course, I cannot do it in every visit. This is one of the examples that it, you, you should consider. Uh, remember that the uh, variability in the central field is smaller. So any abnormality there, you should really consider it may be true. So if you see a point, even this is like 5%, 2%, which we don't yeah. usually pay much attention. Once you do 10, you see the big arcuate defect coming out. The other example is someone who has, uh, for example, an a initial temporal disc hemorrhage. We know that those fibers project to the macular region, right. but you don't see anything on 24-2. We have published already and uh, the San Diego group showed that a lot of these patients actually have macular damage. So those are the the circumstances that you're, you're, you're pretty much, <laughs> there's pretty much a lot of uh, data that allows you to say, okay, I have some evidence here that I should be doing 10 right.
0: true. Yeah, we used to say, well, <laughs> we still say, if you see disc hemorrhage, it predicts future visual field defect well maybe you're doing the wrong visual field and the defect is there yes. if you look for it. Yes, uh,
1: the so-called preperimetric cases as well. Yeah. Uh, of course, again, it's, if, if, it, if you have a prior, let's say either an abnormal OCT or an optic disc fold abnormality in the area that projects or a previous 24-2 that was kind of showing some fluctuation in the, macular, the, the central 10 degrees, you're more justified to go and test a 10-2 yeah. until eventually you have some of these new strategies. Super. Just another point is that uh, for those outside the US who use the octopus machine, right. they have actually a, for a longer time uh, a, a, a pattern that has more points in the central field. So this is more of a new term of, of, of people who use the Zeiss machine, but uh, even the oldest versions of octopus has about 10 or 12 more points in the central region. So right. for those, it's probably not, not big news for them but it, it
0: can be a lot helpful for those who use size And there's also the minimum perimeters where they can actually be customized it and can. they have extra points in the middle as well. Right. Yeah. Any other things you wanted to bring up before we wrap up? No, great. Always, Always great. great having you on the show. Thanks Always. so much. Thank you. Thanks. Talking About Glaucoma is a podcast of indeterminate frequency and duration. It's available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and many other podcast services. Please rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to it, and tell your friends about it so that it can reach more listeners. Follow West Coast Glaucoma on Instagram and Talking About Glaucoma on Facebook drop me a line at podcast.iguy.org with your show ideas or questions you would like to have answered on future episodes. Keep informed to prevent needless loss of vision from glaucoma. Stay safe, wear a mask, and get vaccinated. See you next time on Talking About Glaucoma.